0: Right, right, right! Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode four of Ink Deals. Uh, what is this? Our fourth week doing this? Yeah,
1: episode four. I think
0: people are still listening? No, no. Yeah, they, they don't want to hear what we have to say at this point. We've <laughs> <laughs> had a good run this far. Let's not mess it up, right? <laughs>
1: All right, what are we talking about today?
0: So yeah, today we wanted to go over kind of the offer process and the differentiations between what I would call a strong offer and then a high offer. And when I say strong, I refer to, you know, just that an offer that's very strong, very commanding and has very favorable terms for the seller. And then when I say high offer, it's just that as well, an offer that's legitimately really high in the number.
1: You're talking about the what differentiates the two? Yeah, how one might trump
0: the other in sense.
1: Yeah. So, not every offer is a strong offer. Yeah. There's weak offers. There's meh, meh offers. I meh. <laughs> haven't heard that in a long time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know, when you sell properties, for example, I've had circumstances where, let's just say for sake of argument, it's a million dollar property. And I've had, you know, an individual who s- submits me an offer at a million dollars, but it's 5% down. It's, you know, FHA, it's really long terms, really long escrow, someone who's maybe new to the purchase process and is a little bit shaky in their boots, if you will. And then I've had other offers that I would consider strong offers, let's say a million dollar for the same, you know, sake of argument. And it's all cash, it's, you know, a seven day close, it's very, very shortened contingencies, if any, and an individual that's maybe on their second or third purchase. So from a lender perspective, you know, when you have clients come to you and say, hey, like, we got to figure out a way to structure this deal to make it stick and get this house, like, how would you educate them and kind of tell them what you think you would do?
1: It's, it's very dependent on the market. You know, obviously, being in Southern California, things are a lot more competitive, even even to this day. Yeah. Um, so similar, I mean, you're looking at different programs in different down payments from the lender standpoint, okay. which is which is really going to change how a sellers view offers and what you probably see is you know obviously you're dealing with the contingencies and advising yeah. clients on what to put in there as being contingent and what to just avoid completely. Um, yeah. but loan program wise is obviously a huge thing. Obviously cash is king. If you have all cash you see a lot of it. Yeah. And some of these people, they're not just putting all cash down and then walking away and that's it. What they're doing is what's called delayed financing. So there are lenders out there that are able to essentially finance that home after you purchase an all-cash. So they may be putting up the cash, or they may be giving a all-cash offer, Okay. and then right after they're financing that purchase for them. But in the seller's eyes, yeah. they're just getting that lump sum. So obviously, you have to have somebody wealthy to do something like that, but there are lenders that will do delayed financing. That
0: sounds sneaky, Brandon. It's not. It sounds del- like you're trying to pull the rug out from someone. <laughs> what, explain to me what? how you delay financing.
1: That's exactly what it sounds like. Now, not all loan programs can do this. Okay. In most programs, you can't just take cash out of a property or something right after. But in okay. the broker world you have access to a lot more options and a lot more lenders that have creative type financing. And that's just one of the few that make a stronger offer is because if you have the cash on hand, you can offer it and then not have all that capital tied up. You can literally take it out right after with some sort of delayed financing. Got it. Um, Other than that, for most people, they're not doing that, but you have, you know, your conventional loans, your FHA loans, your VA loans, you have your jumbo products, some non QM products, and Mm -hmm. those are going to matter. To sellers because they want to know: a, you're pre-approved; you're not just pre-qualified. You're pre-approved. Yeah. Underwriters looked at, or an AI underwriter or something has you know reviewed income and assets and that sort of thing. Down payment amount is going to matter: five percent okay. versus twenty yeah. percent or more. You know, typically, do you advise sellers that you know take a an offer if it's comparable that has more down than not?
0: I mean, it really comes down to vetting the buyer. So if you're, you know, listing agent like myself, and you're presenting your client with multiple offers, which is always a good thing, because it shows the house is, you know, very highly sought after, you basically want to what I would do is reach out to each of those individuals has written an offer. If it's been being represented by an agent, talk to the agent, ask them like, hey, you know, is your guy legit basically? Like, is his, his right. debt to income ratio solid? Does he have, you know, kind of a wishy washy sense? Have you been writing offers on a bunch of properties? Yeah. Have you fallen out of escrow on any properties? Proof of funds is a big Exactly. Too, does okay. the guy have money? You know, does he have 15 car payments? Whatever the situation is, you need to get to not only the fundamentals, but basically like the brass tacks, is what I call it, and understand exactly what the motivation is for that individual. And if they have the ability to buy the property. And then once you kind of create a story for each of the clients, then you basically, you know, project that to your client, the seller, and say, hey, this guy's rock solid. You know, he's got one car payment, he's got a family of four, everything else is paid off. He wants the home. You know, this is the only property they're writing an offer on. They need to get it. They're willing to put down more money if they need to, et cetera, et cetera. So to kind of piggyback off of that, when you have a buyer come to you who you're writing a loan for them and they say, is it smarter to put down 5% or 25%? You know, cause I need to get this house. How do you kind of explain to them which is a better way to go?
1: I mean, it's, it's similar. If you're talking yeah. to someone that's, you know, bidding on houses that are in that really competitive, I mean, everything's competitive here, but especially that, you know, 800,000 to 1.5, which is yeah. A, average house in southern california um they're on
0: Kansas anymore
1: very competitive market so you want to make it as strong as possible and yeah. typically you know the more down the better in in that regard but okay. that's where loan program comes in too like, makes sense lots of sellers will go for a conventional loan over an fha or a va loan and it's not okay. so much necessarily the financing although typically most people with good credit are going to be leaning towards yeah. a conventional loan, unless they're veterans, then they'll go with the VA.
0: So, and correct me if I'm wrong, but an FHA loan is generally 3% down. Anything conventional, I mean, you can put anything over 3%. So 5, 10, 15, 20, same there's, increments of 5%.
1: Generally, so 3.5% is is generally the FHA yeah. down payment. Now there's programs where you don't need a down payment and you can have like a small second mortgage. And three and a half percent downs, you're literally hundred percent financing on FHA. Got it. Again, it's not typical, but it's, they're yeah, out there. Yeah, Conventional. There's a lot of lenders now that are, I mean, 1% down. Some of them are using down payment assistance programs yeah. and that sort of thing. But th- those are going to, what's, what's going to separate those offers and make them weaker. Although for buyers that need it, yeah. obviously it's a great thing. But if you're, if you're using a down payment assistance program, and say you're offering seven hundred grand for this house, and you're you know putting the mm. bare minimum down using down payment assistance, and you have another offer almost the exact same with twenty percent down. Yeah, nine times out of ten, that seller is going to go with the down payment because obviously have to deal with that down payment assistance program, and if it's going to take longer, and if they're approved yeah. or not with this program, is it a grant, like second mortgage? It's just it adds more layers yeah. to it, and sometimes you know, so layers aren't necessarily a good thing when you're. It
0: overcomplicates it and it just stacks and stacks and stacks. So scenario for you. I'm an agent. Your client is coming to me to buy a property I have listed. They are an FHA, three and a half percent down. They, you know, obviously they're not really sharing a lot about their finances, but I've seen what they're making. I see their debt to income, things to that degree. And then I have another offer. It's conventional. It's 25% down. That one is a little bit lower in price than the FHA one. As a lender, how would you pitch me as a listing agent to accept your client's FHA offer over this higher down payment offer?
1: Right, and that's the the thing. Obviously, you want to highlight that it's a higher offer. Yeah, is really all you can lean into, and maybe you you know you've done your due diligence and gotten him yeah. qualified, and maybe explain why he's going FHA and not conventional. Um, whether it was you know something happened in his life, and there was some health bills or something that hurt his credit a little bit. And he's instead of being a 740, he's a 640 or something. And so kind of paint that picture. Another thing to consider when you're purchasing with FHA or VA is kind of the state of the property. So another reason why sellers may not choose the government loan programs is because the appraisals have more of what's called subject to conditions. Interesting. So I, I don't know if you've dealt with this, but like if you're buying a property with a conventional loan, conventional yeah. financing really just assesses the property value, is it livable, and that's that. The FHA issues. and VA yeah. will find the appraisers will find and have to notate yeah a lot more issues and depending on the loan if it's not like a 203k where you're doing rehabs, they'll have you fix them prior to that transaction so it yeah. can complicate things with sellers and getting homes sold that maybe aren't in great condition. So So what
0: you're saying is to kind of break it down in more simplistic terms, if you have a house that let's say is just a total pile of crap, it's got broken windows, you know, the roof is questionable. Well, let's not say broken windows, but it needs work. Maybe it has some termite, maybe pieces of the roof are falling off, you know, it's scraped and bruised, bumped and all that. As someone looking to sell that house, me potentially, I would be very weary of an f h a offer because of the condition of the property hundred yeah.
1: percent unless you are wanting to fix
0: that there's going to be you're going to have to ask for credits, and then its well essentially at that point, the lender's going to come back and say, "Hey listen, man, this isn't even." like a can you fix these things it's like no you have to or the deal is dead we can't finance
1: yeah it's not gonna work they're using one of those loan programs so if you're buying anything that's distressed or needs a lot of work you're gonna go either conventional or you're gonna go with like a a fix and flip type loan or a renovation type loan or even a
0: hard money loan or something to that degree and for everyone that's listening you know hard money loan is generally like loan shark. Basically someone who's not a bank, they're not a lender, they're Joe Schmoe, who's, you know, multi exactly. says, hey, you know, 10 points, I'll give you a million dollars or whatever, or 800,000, uh, whatever it is.
1: Yeah, so, you know? kind of. I mean, it's not like a loan shark. I mean, there's hard money, there's private money, there's different qualifications. Yeah. So there's-
0: Always, always higher interest rates. Always higher interest rates. Because it's for people that can't get conventional, normal financing.
1: Typically. I mean, there's yeah. still loan programs out there that are like 1099-based. Bank statement based yeah. asset depletion and the interest rates aren't a lot worse or anything, but yeah. they're not as low as conventional. Yeah. They're not back, not Fannie Freddie back loans. Um, But that's not so t- t- to say that like every hard money or private money loan is bad. It just yeah. depends on the scenario. And some of them, like if you're doing investment properties and uh, DSER is super popular, where it's like a debt service coverage ratio. Okay. If you are doing investment properties, you don't have to worry about like your debt to income ratios yeah. and all that jazz. You literally just take the rent versus the expenses and okay. qualify it based on there and and usually they're interest only. So if you are getting cash flow monthly, it yeah. can help your cash flow because your payments are going to be.
0: So you've talked about a lot of different types of loans. <laughs> you know, very confusing to a first home time purchaser, even maybe a second or third, or even 100%. an investor. Hundred percent. So with that being said, what do you think are the top? three types of loans that are the most utilized in, in standard residential purchases. We're not talking yeah. about fix and flip. We're not talking about multifamily income producing ones, just standard residential. I mean, the top con-
1: three. conventional is gonna be number one, especially in Southern Sorry. California. You know, let's talk yeah. about where we're at. You see conventional yeah. financing all the time. You see jumbo financing, yeah. which, you know, isn't necessarily non-QM, but can be.
0: And with conventional, people are always worried about, you know, uh, mortgage insurance. So as long as you put down twenty or more percent, generally you're not going to get hit with mortgage insurance.
1: Yeah, and there's other ways around it too. You yeah. can do lump sum, and you can get credits from the seller for it. So there's mm-hmm. there's different ways to handle the mortgage insurance. Um, and then FHA, VA are your other two you know standard yeah. loan programs. Um, but VA sounds cool. What does that mean? It's for veterans only.
0: Oh. So unless you, CF to serve in the army, basically Navy, whatever. And then,
1: yeah, yeah active past duty. That's
0: 0% down, isn't it? Can be. Yeah. Can be. Okay, cool. Yeah. And are the, and when you are utilizing a VA loan with a 0% down payment, are the interest rates really
1: high? No, not really. I mean, there's, there's what's called loan level pricing adjustments based on a lot of different okay. factors, credit score, loan to value type of property, all that kind of stuff, which, you know, talk with your lender about, but yeah. Um, no, it's not, especially with VA programs, those kind of adjustments don't really happen so much with the amount you put down. So Got it. So they're just going to be, you know, slight, but it's not going to be like a, a... Astronomical difference. Yeah, it's not going to yeah, be like a full percentage sense. difference or anything like that.
0: So I know we spoke about when we first started contingencies, and, you know, I wanted to speak a little bit on that because I know those are very, very important when it comes to submitting any purchase agreement on a property, yeah. right? Whether it's commercial, residential, duplex, fourplex, income producing, whatever. So for our viewers essentially that don't have any idea about a purchase contract, the three most important pieces, in my opinion, are your contingencies. Your loan contingency, your appraisal contingency, and essentially your home inspection contingency. Right. And the way that I like to pitch it is those are basically like your protective barriers to ensure that your deposit, which is generally... Well, it's generally between one to three percent of the purchase price, but you can literally put a deposit for any amount. I never have a client generally go over three percent unless it's being requested by the seller and it's some sort of caveat to getting the deal accepted.
1: Right. There's a lot of offers. Or yeah, like
0: and the, hey, because it, 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 in essence, it's called an earnest money deposit, and it makes it look like you're more serious. You're basically saying, "Hey, I want this house," so to you know, kind of circle back, those contingencies in essence are your protective barriers that protect that earnest money they, deposit.
1: They allow you to pull out of the deal if something if something happens, isn't yeah. working, whether it's the financing or the inspection, mm-hmm. there's stuff that goes bad on there. It gives the buyer
0: peace of mind as well. Right. And it protects you because in essence, it's, it's, you know, like I said, a protective barrier. And I know, you know, for example, when you have your appraisal contingency, really all that's saying is that the house has to appraise for the value that the purchase contract says. And if it doesn't, one of two things can happen. You as the buyer can go back to the seller and ask for a reduction to meet the appraised value, or you can essentially make up the difference. Now, do most buyers want to make up the difference in a market that's in their favor? Absolutely not. Yeah. Now, if the appraisal is over what the accepted purchase price is, it makes you look like a stud because you basically got a deal on the property. So appraisals can be very interesting in that sense. Yeah. Now, when we look at loan contingencies, essentially the way that I would explain a loan contingency is basically once your loan goes through underwriting, which I consider like the FBI of the loan world, they basically run through everything, make sure you, know, you don't have a boat overseas somewhere and an account in the Cayman Islands and this, that, and the other. They want to make sure everything is legit. Yeah. They run all your background, et cetera, and they give you that stamp of approval. So once those two caveat or once those two um, contingencies are met, then they can be removed. Now your last contingency is essentially your, conting- your uh, home inspection contingency. What, we, that's one of the most important, in my opinion, that's because at that point you're bringing in an inspector. You're doing a general home inspection. You're doing a sewer inspection. You're doing sometimes a chimney inspection. You're doing a termite inspection. You're literally tearing the the. House apart within reason to understand if there are any hidden bones or any issues with that property.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the buyer knows what they're getting into. Hopefully, yeah, you have a good. Inspector. Hopefully,
0: and then essentially, if you find anything wrong with the property, you can go back to said seller and say, "Hey, buddy, you know, I want twenty grand back because your pool's got a leak in it, and your roof's got a hole in it, and your flipping drywall's got rotten." And da, da da da. And then it's like now you can generally do one of three scenarios. You can do you can have the seller repair the items prior to the close of escrow. You can get a reduction in the purchase price or you can give them, have them give you seller credits. Generally, the way that I always have it done because these, these repairs can take a very long time. So if you only have a 21-day escrow and you're 15 days in, it's like, no, the sellers aren't going to get a guy out there to fix everything. So just get a reduction in purchase price because it helps you on your, your uh, property taxes because now the value of the property is lower. If it's 20 Gs, Lower the price of the home, 20 Gs, and now your property taxes are 20 Gs lower. Well, yeah. In in a perfect world. <laughs> if the property taxes are 20 Gs lower. <laughs> well, no, no, no. The purchase price, is, which would lower it because it's calculated.
1: lower, calculated lower amount. Yeah. <laughs> so when, like, when
0: you pitch it that way, people are like, where do I sign, yeah, right?
1: 20 G property
0: taxes. Wow, tax that's, that's yeah. astronomical. So, yeah, I mean, that's, in a nutshell, I think the most detailed you know, version of how a purchase contract is and how yeah. the offer system goes.
1: And what we saw a lot over the last couple of years when the market was like fire hot, Yeah, people were just waving almost all of those contingencies. Blind
0: offers, buying, baby. Buying Selling blind stuff blind. via Facebook. and, buy,
1: and Forget freaking, the inspection. We're just purchasing this house and then yeah. finding out about everything later. So the, those contingencies... Yeah. Right. The more you have, the more hassle it is for the seller, but it also protects the buyer. So the key, would you say, is kind of finding like the middle ground and what's going to protect your buyer? Yeah. If you're if you're the buyer agent. Yeah. And if you're a listing agent, you're trying to find the offer that has kind of logical contingencies if. Any. I mean, obviously, I mean, it's possible.
0: Great question. And I get asked that a lot. I obviously go through it a lot with my clients, but it's really a negotiation. It's a back and forth conversation between your client, who's the seller, and their client, who's the buyer, or vice versa. And you basically have to come to a meeting grounds where everyone is happy. Now, do you always get everything on your request for repairs, which is actually what it's physically called, the form? No. But are most sellers and buyers ethical you know normal people yes well in most terms and so (laughs) so you know the 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 point of it is we're all working together right the seller and the buyer are working together to come to an agreement to get the deal done so it's in their best interest as a collective for all of us to agree on something so the way that i always pitch it is like whoever you're representing whether it's seller or buyer your client wants to feel like they've won they've won something right so if you come back to me say hey great news man I got us $10,000 in repairs. But initially you'd ask for 40 and you just leave it at that. Generally your clients and you'd be like, all right, well, you know, we asked for 40 and you go, yeah, I know. Hey, I totally understand that. But there's seven other offers on the table and it's ultra competitive and they're literally giving us 24 hours to respond. So it's either kind of, you know, pardon my French, or get off the pot. Do you want the property or not? Because there's nothing else on the market. So you've just got to frame it. You know, you've got to create a story. Like I said earlier, you have to frame it depending on what the market's doing that's generally the way that i approach it i'm like hey yeah let's get the damn thing
1: done Yeah, especially around here it's you don't have months to no uh, hell no man <laughs> <These things laughs> are still
0: fine. you just gotta move forward man and get it done and I, I think you know most people are logical right you've already gone through let's say a 30 day escrow we're on day like 21 and we're making this last negotiation like very worst case, if no one can come to an agreement, you go back to the drawing table and now the property's back on the market and you got to redo this whole thing again. Yeah. It, it, sometimes selling a home can be a nightmare with all the ups and downs. And, you know, I got to be out of my house every 20 minutes for someone to see it and open houses and yada yada. So yeah, it's a pain. You got to frame it as well like, hey, do you really want to go through this shit show again or do you want to call it the day? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So,
1: different ways to get yeah, it
0: down, different know. strokes for different folks, right? Yeah. <laughs> So, well, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, offers, that's perfect offers, really, bad offers. Yeah, it's
1: really just the tip of the iceberg, but, you know, yeah. a lot of things to consider for both buyers and sellers is yeah. contingencies, loan programs. Pay attention, down. get
0: a good agent like myself, get a good lender like Brandon, and ensure that you work together as a team yeah. to reach the finish goal. 100%. That's it. Cool, man. Cool. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, same time next week. Yeah. Yeah. Do we even have a time? No. Okay. Let's say yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. We'll see you guys next year (laughs) and next week.